With today being Anzac Day, it's an appropriate day to talk about sacrifice. Um, there are so many stories um, from war where we see people who are willing to sacrifice themselves um, for the sake of, of so many others around them. Um, and Anzac, the story of the Anzac, I suppose, is, is sort of deeply entrenched in our our national sort of um, identity because that's that's part of who we are. We are we're willing to look after our mates and we're willing to fight for our mates and we're willing to do things to defend our our country, even though it was in a war so far away. Um, and it's so entrenched in our I suppose our national identity that for the past. Um, what are we up to, 102 years, um, something like that? We're getting close to that um, 100 years was a few years ago and that we've celebrated this and, and, and remembered that sacrifice. And the thing is, sacrifice is something that we, we all do. Um, sa- sa- some sacrifice is necessary and regular. Um, um, for those who are parents or grandparents, you'll know that you will sacrifice sleep for the sake of children. Um, like uh, I've seen, I've seen uh, happen at times where mum or dad will go. Do you know what? We don't quite have enough food tonight, so I'm going to give someone else the bigger piece of meat, and and so and I'll sacrifice for that. Um, some of us sacrifice in different ways. It's probably not a true sacrifice. Remember, I'm going to save my money so I can get a um, some more chocolate for myself, or I'm, I'm going to skip breakfast. I'm going to sacrifice so I can get McDonald's for lunch. So those sacrifices, they're not really true sacrifices, um, but we, 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 maybe we do that to ourselves, but we look around us and even there are seasons of sacrifice that are, are necessary. Uh, I remember Tessa was uh, um, probably one or two around that age and we were living out in Chinchilla and at the end of each semester, report cards came around. And so during that week, two weeks, Elizabeth would come home and she would position herself on the recliner and she would just mark and fill in comments. And basically, Tessa and I went, we're going to play at the other end of the house. We're going to watch movies up there. We're going to cook dinner. We're going to bring dinner to mummy and then we're going to go play up at the top of the house. And for those two weeks, it was a seasonal sacrifice that... Elizabeth gave up time with us so she'd get that work done. We'd give up like that bigger space to, to allow her to get that work done. But it, it was a seasonal sacrifice. It, it came and went and, and we got on with our lives. Um, sometimes we'll, we'll sacrifice in, in ways that maybe not be beneficial. And we're going to look at that a little bit today as well, where we, we'll go, oh, I work 20 hours a day so that my family can have stuff. And then you have a family sitting at home going, Where's, where's my dad? Where's my mum? Like, I've, I feel like I've got all these things, but I don't have a relationship with them. And so when we look at those kinds of sacrifice, you know, that's not what God is wanting for us. And so today, what I want to look at is making the right sacrifice. I'm not saying that sacrifice isn't a part of life, but I think there are times when we sacrifice for things that maybe uh, benefit for us or we, maybe we do them for the wrong reasons. And so we're going to work out how we can make the wrong, uh, right um, reasons. But first of all, I want to look at some of the lies about sacrifice. As I was doing a bit of research this week, some quotes came up. And as you really look at them, they're not entirely truthful. There was one like, um, sacrifice leads to success. Now, that's, you could put that on your, your mirror at home or your get bored or put it, put it somewhere, you see it all the time, I'm willing to sacrifice to bring about success. But at the same time, it's not always true. 
Like, okay, if, you, if you're trying to lose weight and you go, okay, I'm going to go to the gym and suffer and I'm going to give up and food, yep, you probably will lose weight. But sometimes the sacrifices we make don't lead us to the success that we want. We might give up on our sleep and, which, and to get more work done, which makes us more grumpy at work and makes us not really pleasant to be around at home. And, and all of a sudden we just have this, I'm not enjoying life, I'm sacrificing a lot, but it's not leading to any real joy of outcome in my life. So we hear lies like that, sacrifice leads to success. There's a lie that all sacrifice is good. We hear the word sacrifice and we feel like I'm giving up something for the sake of something else. That must be for a good reason. Well, no, it's not. As I mentioned before, you have, you have some people who are workaholics who will, will basically work all their lives for, to basically provide for someone or provide for a family. And they'll look back and go, oh, look at what I did. But you have people craving for the relationship and that time that was lost. So not all sacrifice is good. You'll hear lies that sacrifice is selfless. When you think about it, you're like again, you think about the Anzac. When we talk about the sacrifice there, we go, oh, it was all, it was all for the right reason. And, and not to, to put any disparity on them, but some of the young men and women that went over to the war, they were looking for adventure. They were looking to, to fill like a bit of something in their own soul and they went off looking for something. And, I, and even in those moments though that they were truly, they truly sacrificed for their friends that like we can't just look at all sacrifice and go, oh, it's selfless. In fact, I think some sacrifice at time is selfish. Now this, just go with me on this a little bit because sometimes we sacrifice to get something that for ourselves. Like, and it, it may not be even a, a good thing that we're trying to get for ourselves. Because some of us, anyone here a people pleaser? Now, sometimes as a people pleaser, we will sacrifice for the benefit of others so that they like us more. Now, the thing is with that, that's not a good motive to do it. It's actually not beneficial for you. It's not beneficial for them. And so the reason that we're sacrificing, even though we're trying to please them, we're trying to, we feel like we're trying to do something good, is actually for our own outcome, like deep down. Like, um, and it, you, even your sacrifice might be a good thing, but the motive might be wrong. Uh, again, you can have people um, who they will work really hard to get, um, and they'll work overtime any chance they get, to get more money into that. I'm going to sacrifice because it benefits me. Now that sacrifice is not selfless. It is selfish. And again, I'm not saying all of that's got to be, it's not wrong all the time, but it's not, it's one of these things that like just because we sacrifice doesn't mean like it's for the right reason. It doesn't mean it's going to have the right outcome. Some of us even, there's a lie that goes around that the amount of my sacrifice it kind of shows how much I care or how much I'm committed. And I'm, again, the thing is, if we are sacrificing with that kind of motive, well, that sacrifice is all about making yourself look good or making yourself valuable to someone or an organisation, to your boss, to your family. And so we might sit back and go, look at all I do for this family because I want a pat on the back right now. And, and again, some people sort of do that sacrifice without saying anything because they truly are just wanting to do it for that reason. Uh, in the book of Micah in chapter 6, right at the start of, of chapter 6, uh, the prophet Micah says, Oh Lord, what do you require of me? 
And it's sort of like this. And then he goes on and he starts quoting like uh, a, um, a number of different things. Do you want me to sacrifice like a thousand bulls or this many goats? And, and the thing is, like, for those who are unaware, what he's doing is over-exaggerating. Because to sacrifice that, you would have to be the richest of kings to be able to make that sacrifice. Like a bull in itself was, was a great sacrifice for a king. Most people wouldn't bring a bull because they just couldn't afford that. A king would bring maybe a number of ox or, or um, uh, uh, bulls to, to be sacrificed. But the most common people didn't bring that. So when Mike has asked this question, like, oh, a thousand bulls sacrificing all the hills to honour God. Like, what, what do you require of me? What sacrifices are going to be worthy of you? And does God actually make a list of saying, okay, well, I want this many bulls and this many things. Or let's put it into our words. I want you to work this many hours. I want you to help this much in church. I want you to give this much money. Like, if we, if we put our sacrifice as a way of, 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 I suppose, approving ourselves to God, that's, that's what Michael was asking. But then in verse, verse 8, it comes, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? but to do justice and to love kindness. And then this, becomes, this is going to become central to what we're talking about today and to walk humbly with your God. A walk with God is something that is present tense. It is active. It is something that you are currently doing. And at that place, if you walk with God, and I'm going to give it away right now, because if you walk with God, whatever sacrifice you do will be in obedience to him. Because this is, this is my premise, is that some of the sacrificing we do is not God-willed or God-ordained. It is sacrifice that maybe others put on us. It is sacrifice that we think we should be doing, maybe to earn favour with people or with God. It's maybe sacrifice that we do to get something out of it for ourselves. But when we walk with God in a present and active relationship, all of a sudden we're at a place where we can hear God and respond to his voice to us. So let's look at the story of Isaac. Um, now, for a lot of people, this is a really tough story. I've even heard people that are really anti-God saying, how can you love a God that would send someone out to sacrifice their son? That's just rubbish. And, and, and they're, they're right, like, in, in that sense. Like, how could God ask Abraham to sacrifice his son? Well, I'm just going to put a few things out there in context just to, to put some ideas in your head which don't relate exactly, but just wanted to put that out there to begin with. But the thing is, what we look at is this idea that all of a sudden, um, one, Jesus was sacrificed by God the Father. So you actually see a mirror of what God was asking Abraham to do. He was willing to do himself. And in fact, it was a necessary sacrifice for us. So how could he ask Abraham to do it? Because he was willing to do it himself. That's one thing. Secondly, there was an outcome that God was trying to do. Because again, Isaac was the son of the promise. God has said, that boy is going to be your doorway to descendants that are beyond number. Now, if he's dead, that doesn't happen. So, and I've heard this preached about a number of different ways and, and I think they all could be true or none of them could be true, but it kind of just goes to the heart of it is that one way or the other, Abraham knew there was an outcome on the other side that God was going to fix this up. Like he trusted God. And at the end we see, we see that, that the, the outcome of what happened. We'll look at that in a little bit. But 
Finally, just one thing to throw in the context. This was not a surprise at the time that Abraham was in. There were many religions that would actually see this as an acceptable practice, sacrificing your children to get something for yourself. And that's the thing, when you look at sacrifice in that sense, it's very selfish. I'm willing to take your life, or at least sometimes sacrificing would be, and we see it in the the Old Testament in the time of the kings when they were worshipping their kids and they were basically making their kids walk through fire as an honouring to these false gods. And so their children would be burned and scarred and, and some of them would die so they could appease these gods. And God wasn't asking that of anyone. And so, so we kind of, though, we, we do have this question, why, why did God ask this? And again, Abraham didn't balk at all. And like you kind of think, well, that's, that's, I could never do that. Again, God has done it. Um, Abraham had faith, which was part of the purpose of this. But also then we, we see um, this idea where like God is actually doing something um, like behind the scenes in that. Now, it's important um, also, one of the things, even as Tony was reading this morning though, some funny things jump out of that passage. Now, Isaac's going to be the sacrifice. Who carried the wood? Who did the hard work? Now, I think that was unfair. Like, I think Abraham going, well, mate, I'm going to make your last walk easy. You can carry the, the fire, the flint and whatever else. I'll carry the heavy stuff. But no, no, Abraham went, no, like, you can carry it up. Like, you're young and, and virile, you can do that. I thought that's, that's a bit of a strange thing. Uh, and even in verse 2, when God is speaking about it, we see this idea that, um, that God is um, he's, he's talking in a way and he reminds Abraham of the promise. Um, because what he said, then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. And sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the mountain I will show you. So God actually reminds him at this point that this is the son of the promise. So I want you to take your son, your only son, and I want you to go sacrifice him to me. So there's a lot going on in there. But the thing is, who asked Abraham to do it? God did. There was no, Abraham didn't say, God, I've got this idea. I want a bit more blessing in my life. I'll give you my son. Or I'll take all his pocket money for a year and I'll give you that. Or I'll I'll put him into slavery so that he can work for you and and I want more blessing. No, it was God initiated. And that's going to become a key later on as we continue looking at that. Because what we want to get to is we want to understand how we can sacrifice for the right reason. We don't want to be in a place where we're sacrificing for a personal or mental benefit for us. If we're a people pleaser, we are sacrificing so that we will be at peace. And it doesn't actually lead to peace though. That's the thing. It doesn't lead to peace. It's short-term peace. And God says, I want to give you long-term peace. And if you keep doing that, it's not going to work. If we're sacrificing because we get something out of it, um, and like I've, I've, I've had people say to me, oh, anytime someone sort of even mentions this, I feel guilty and I feel like I have to do it. I went, well, that doesn't come from God. Like if guilt is not a God-ordained thing, like, um, like especially when it comes to helping others, God wants to motivate you to do that. But it's just because I mentioned something up the front of church, goes, oh, the pastor's asking us to do something again. No, it should be a fire coming in alive and you're saying, oh, 
hey, God is agreeing with that. That's something that I can do. But often we will sort of go like, oh, no one else is doing it. I better show up. I even years ago, I took this boy to a, um, I can't remember what it was called. It was basically a Christian motocross sort of event. And so I'd been doing a lot of work with him at school as a chaplain and took him along. And, and at the end, um, there was a bit of a testimony, an altar call. And he went forward. And I went, oh, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. And so as we're talking on the way home, because it was in Dolby, we lived in Chinchilla, talking on the way home, he goes, so um, oh, why, why, why did you go out the front? Oh, he was standing there by himself. I didn't want him to look stupid. And I went, oh, okay. That's really not what I wanted to hear. I thought something amazing. But, but the thing is, oh, I'm going to do something for the wrong reason so that he doesn't look bad. And sometimes we, we respond in that way. And the thing is, we look at Acts. I can't remember exactly which chapter of Acts, but Anias and Sapphira, they sold their property. The money was theirs. The money was theirs to give, and they went, oh, we're going to give all our money. We want to look at, show people how great our sacrifice is so people would recognise us. But at the same time, they kept 100 bucks in their pocket, saying, we're going to hang on to that and just keep it as a profit. And people won't know. Now, they didn't have to lie about it. They could say, God, we're going to give you 50% of what we're going, we're going to hang on to the rest. Because, again, if they're doing it for because God's asked them to do it, then God will sort of go, well, this is exactly the amount I want you to give. But if they're doing it to please people or to impress people, again, you're sacrificing for the wrong reason. We need to get to the point where we're honest about our reason for our sacrifices. Because I, I think at times, I know I've probably done it, um, and maybe some of you don't, I end up guilting my family, going, look at all the things that I do around the place. And I'm going, I want you to sort of hold me up and, and honour me and, and do things for me and listen to me and, and all those kinds of things. But again, at that point in time, my reason for sacrifice is not to love my family, it's not to support my wife, it's not to, to do all those things. It is to make me look good and be respected in my home. Now, at that point in time, I'm not usually honest about that. I'm still believing that I'm, I'm the great sacrificer. I'm laying down my life every day and I expect to be heard. Every time I, any, any bit of word that comes out of my, my, my mouth is wisdom. Anyone ever like that at all? Like, does that just me? So... I might have just been exposing myself. But sometimes we feel like that. We kind of, we get to the point, we go, I, I, my sacrifice is not, we're not really honest about what we're doing. Um, and even when we sacrifice ourselves for others, and I, I will say this, God will ask you to do it at times, but sometimes we will sacrifice ourselves for others, even our own kids, because they've got themselves into a mess. And like, just before Easter, I'm going to dob my kids in because they're not here, but just before Easter, um, my oldest daughter is not the most cleanly of children in the sense of, of her space. Um, showering and everything fine. She, she's not the smelliest one in the family, but she, she, her room is not decorated well. Let's just put it that way. The thing is, every time my mum comes up to stay with us, she puts my dad to work and she can't sit still and do nothing. And there's been a number of times she's come in and go, oh, Tessa's at school, I'll go in and clean her room. And so I said to Tessa, Grandma's coming up, I don't want her to clean your room, and she will if you don't get it done before she gets here. And so she got it mostly clean. But I went, the thing is, my mum coming in and sacrificing her time to clean Tessa's room doesn't help her long term. 
it bails her out of the, till the next time she gets it messy, which is usually 25, 24 to 48 hours. So, um, but the thing is, in doing that, we actually bail people out. And we do it with adult children as well at times. We do it with friends who, who get themselves in the situations and go, hey, I just need a bit more money or I need a bit of this or can you help me do this? I had one friend when I was living in Toowoomba years ago and we were, we were friends as kids, but as we sort of went into adulthood, I never heard from him much. And then I'd start hearing from him, but the only time we'd be like, a, wouldn't even get to five minutes sort of just general chat on the phone. He goes, hey, are you doing anything this weekend? Um, no, I'm not. Hey, can you help me move this? Or can you help me move house? Or can you help me, can you give me a lift to go down to Brisbane? I was like, the only time I ever hear from you is when you need something. Now, again, I can sacrifice and say yes every time, but that doesn't help him out. It doesn't help me out because he just goes, well, whenever I'm in bind, I'll just give Keith a call to give me a hand out. Now, and I probably wasn't even the only one. So we've got to be careful as we, when we help others out that we are not enabling them all the time. So again, when we are God-led, when we are God-led, we kind of have a bit of wisdom around that. So how do we know that we're sacrificing them for the right reason? Well, this is, this is simply how I put it. Sacrifice in obedience to God. Don't sacrifice because a pastor says so. Don't sacrifice. I'm going to put myself out in the edge here. Don't sacrifice just because your wife says so. Or your husband's or your kids, or your boss. Don't sacrifice just for those reasons. Sacrifice in obedience to God. Now, okay, you might go, but this is my job. But the thing is, if your job gets you to a place where you are not healthy, your family's not healthy, uh, it's not of great benefit to you, God might be saying, I want you to leave this. I want you to walk away from this because I've got other plans for you. And so the sacrifice might be leaving that job. You wouldn't be the first one to happen. Even looking at the life of Abraham, God's first call to him was, I want you to leave the land that you know, where you're wealthy, where you're known, you're respected. I want you to go away. Because over here in this country where you own nothing, this is going to be the place of great blessing, where you will be blessed and through you the world will be blessed. And so sacrifice, sometimes we, we've got to understand that. But we need to sacrifice only in the ways that God calls us to. In, in Genesis 22, 11 and 12, but the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy and do not do anything to him. Now that I know that you fear God, now that fear is not a sense of like, I'm afraid of God, I've got to do everything he said because he's going to zap me with a lightning bolt. It is an awe, a great respect of God. I know that you hold me in awe, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Now the thing is, sometimes we are not willing to sacrifice our children for the sake of what God is calling us to. We might go, do you know what? I'm never going to leave this location. I'm never going to leave this job because my kids are, are really sort of set up there and doing those things. But what happens when God calls us to do that in spite of that? What happens when God says, do you know what, I want to call you out of this? When we look at our world and we look at our history, nations would not have been reached if people would went and say, God, this is where I'll sacrifice to and no more. In obedience to God, our sacrifice has a godly benefit and blessing. And our sacrifice 
is for the benefit of God's forever reign. Luke 9.24 says, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. So basically, God says, when we, when we give up, when we sacrifice when God calls us to, and we are willing to do that, we are willing participants in God's will for us, we, will, we may give up our life, we may give up our direction, we may give up what God is doing for us, but all of a sudden what happens in doing so, we will save our lives. Our sacrifice becomes something worthy as we honour God. And how often do we need to live in that position? Well, Luke 9.23 says this, Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must come to church every Sunday and except for once a month. For some of us we go, oh, okay, yeah, I can do that. I'm willing to do church that often. Some of us go, okay, we, we, we might want to do it less. Or, oh, and it made me, oh, you need to make sure you're there Christmas and Easter and you need to give so much money and then after that we're all good. No, it doesn't say that. It says, if anyone wants to be my follower, my disciple, the one who is walking with me, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily and follow me. Now, we give up our own way. What do I want to do today? Now, the thing is, for some of us, again, with kids, like that question, I, don't, I can ponder that question, but I don't actually get to answer that very often. What do I want to do today? No, what do the kids want to do? What will the kids let me do? And what have I got to clean up from the kids? And, and oh, I'm just worn out. I haven't got out of bed yet. But the thing is, we live that way. Like, And I was talking with our youth on Friday night. We're actually getting to a point that our young people who are naturally selfish in that teenage, that teenage time, that's, it's a, a natural sort of growing time where they learn who they are and they think more about themselves. But we're teaching them to actually go, do you know what? That's how you should be for the rest of your life. You need to be selfish and think about you, yourself. And we as Christians, we, we, we get to the point where we go, you know what? I can actually look like I'm doing things that are honouring to God but I'm still doing it on my terms. Now, it doesn't actually say anything about it. If you want to be my follower, you must give up your way. Take up your cross daily. An instrument of death. An instrument where you are willing to sacrifice yourself daily for the sake of God and follow me. Now, it doesn't say you need to do everything that's put in front of you. It doesn't mean you have to give money to every cause that comes across your way. It doesn't mean that every job that's promoted at church you need to do. It doesn't mean that if someone rings that you are, I'm, I'm, I'm willing servant for God so I'm going to come running. It doesn't mean any of that. It means that you follow God and you follow what God is asking you to do. That becomes so important in this. And that's why, as I said in Micah, that idea of having a a present and active relationship with God actually makes that so much clearer what we should be sacrificing out of obedience for God. When we are not close to God, when we are, God is a bit distant from us, all of a sudden we get into the, the mental space where we go, do you know what? What's going to make God happy? I'll sacrifice this, this and this. And God says, I didn't ask you to do any of that. In fact, you've just used up time and passion and energy and focus doing something that I wanted someone else to do. And so you haven't sacrificed the things that I want you to sacrifice yet. I want to finish with this question. What aren't you willing to sacrifice? 
probably different for different people. Like, if there was a, a, a no-go zone for God, what is it for you? Is it your kids? Is it your job? Is it where you live? Is it, like, defining your, your, your personal bubble so much that, like, okay, this is, this is where you... I'm going to give you these times, God. Sunday between 10 and 11. After that, I switch off. I don't care what Pastor Key's saying. After 11, I'm done. Like, I gave you my hour, God. I'll give you some time doing this and I'll volunteer at this little thing every year. The thing is, that's really controlled. That's really controlled by us. And so if there is anything that comes in that space, when we say, what aren't you willing to sacrifice? What aren't you willing to give up for the sake of God or in responding to his call? It's a dangerous place to be because we must be willing to sacrifice everything to God but only sacrifice what he commands us to. We must be willing... But God may not ask us to give up everything. But this is what we do. We go, God, I'm afraid that you're going to send me to deepest darkest for Africa. Or maybe deepest darkest Rockhampton. Like, I don't, there's places in Rockhampton I don't want to go to either. And so all of a sudden we go, God, I'm not willing to say yes to you in everything because I'm afraid you're going to put something in my life that I'm unwilling to do or unable to do. Now, if God in all his wisdom and all his power and all his provision for us says, I want you to give me everything and you do, and then he says, I want you to take you here, God, but God, I can't. Well, it's just like Moses. Like, you imagine if Moses did not go back to Egypt, the Bible becomes a whole lot shorter. Um, it becomes a very different story. But Moses had all the reasons in the world and, and, but God said, no, I want you to be willing and I'll, I'll fill in the gaps from there. So if there is something hanging in your heart going, no, God, I cannot give this up for you, it is always going to be there. But this is the thing. God may not ask you to give it up, but he does want you to put on the altar. He wants you to give it to him. And the thing is, there's going to be different times. Like I know Elizabeth and I have talked about it. Like when the kids move out of home and they, if they move to Brisbane or something, Elizabeth said, I'm moving with them. You're staying here with the other ones. I don't want to be away from my kids. But again, that becomes God's call. It does. And it might be hard. And there might be some suffering. There may be some pain. But we respond in obedience to what God asks us to do. This means we must be willing to surrender or sacrifice our wills, replacing them with his will for our life. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now the problem with living sacrifices, they do get up and move. But that's the thing, like, this is not a sacrifice, it's a one-off. Again, it's a continual that we place our, our lives, our, our, our hearts, our passions and put them in God's hands and trust him with them. And all of a sudden, God will take us where he sees fit. Now, for some of you, it may not change a single thing. God might just go, I'm so glad that you trust me so much. Keep doing what you're doing. 
For some of you, it could mean something radically different. All of a sudden, like God wants you another country, another town, another vocation. God may want you to do something radical like foster children or, or, or something else that you never thought you are possible to do. But that's up to God. And we need to remember that when we, we place ourselves as a living sacrifice on the altar, what it should lead to is that we surrender and sacrifice to God our fullness and not our leftovers. Because I've done that before with God. I've probably done it even recently where I've gone, God, this is the time I've got left over. This is, this is the money I've got left over. This is my... My, my tolerance for other human beings, what I've got left over, and this is what I can, I can do, but no more, God. Rather than starting the day saying, God, what, what would you like me to invest myself into today? God, where do you want me to serve? Where do you want me to love? Where, where, where do you want me to go? And we, we give God our fullness rather than what we've got left over. I've noticed that a lot in the past year and everyone has just got crazy busy and all of a sudden we are forced to sacrifice from others at times. Sometimes we, we, we make that apathetic choice um, in, in sort of not really making that active choice. We're sort of making it, we're just going along with the flow and all of a sudden we, we look back and go, how did I get here? This is all I've got left in my life to give to God, to give to family. We need to surrender and sacrifice our fullness. Proverbs 3 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Giving God our best. Now, again, as I said, this may not change anything for you, but it will put everything in the right alignment. All of a sudden, you are walking with God, you can hear what He calls you to do. You can say yes when he asks you to do something and it will be only to the things that God asks you to do. For some of you, it might mean that you end up doing less. Have you ever thought about that? If we're obedient to God, we might end up doing only what God wants us to do because those other voices in our head, they're not God. They could be parents, they could be a boss, they could be a wife or a husband, they could be kids. But it's not their voices that we listen to first and foremost, it's God's voice. And so all of a sudden, it may lead to a bit of freedom for some of you. It might be scary for some of you. But we need to be able to get into a position where we are willing to make a sacrifice in the right way, at the right time, in obedience to God, because we are in relationship with Him. And so this day as we talk about sacrifice, I I pray that you would reflect on that in your life. Are the sacrifices I'm making God-ordained ones? Or are they ones that I feel I have to make because of X, Y, Z? Put yourself in God's hands. Trust Him to equip you to do what He wants you to do. No more, no less. Well, I thank you that we are... When we're obedient to you, that you will equip and empower us and guide us in those things. You do not ask of us more than we can handle. Um, and that I know that's a, t- a temptation, but that's also in, in following you. 
You know exactly where we are. You may test us at times to, to stretch us like Abraham, but when we are in that position, we are able to sacrifice exactly what you require of us. And that will be different for each one of us. For some, it may give, mean giving more money to different places. It may be giving more time. It might be taking less time out to do things for themselves and spending more time with family or, or workmates. It'll be so much different. It might be taking time away from TV to actually spend in your word. But Lord, let us be in relationship with you so that we are able to hear you clearly and to respond with a yes to the sacrifice that you require of us and nothing more. I pray for those who who feel bound at the moment by extra sacrifices in their lives. God, free them up. I pray for those who have that blockage, something that they're unwilling to sacrifice to you, to put on the altar, to trust you with, Lord, that they may be able to take that step and, and just be in a place of full obedience to you. We thank you for today. We thank you that Jesus Christ was obedient to the Father, to the point of a cross, so that we could even be having this discussion today, that we can live in obedience to you and live free in doing so. Thank you, Lord. We pray this in your name.